All right. Thanks for being here today. What a beautiful day. Are we getting, are we getting summer? Can I say that? Like at least two days. We've had two days. Last weekend we declared that fall was coming. That was a lie. We're here. It's happening. Did anybody see the sunset last night out in Birch Bay? That's why we live here, right? Unbelievable. God is good. You're here. We want to take a moment and just want to say my name is Dan. Serves a pastor here if you're online. Great to have you this morning. Good to see friends and, and people kind of returning and coming through because also it's, it's, it's Victoria weekend. Is that right? And so if you're from the great white north and you crossed the border, you did it. You made it after years. You're here today. We are glad to have you. Hope that you can hang out with us this summer. Maybe this is not the only opportunity we're hoping throughout uh, this season. No better place to be on the bay than here, and we're glad you're here for being a part of it. Now, one of the things that we're doing here, um, we're kind of doing this season of signups to serve, and what we're finding as we're kind of returning into and moving in kind of a new season of life of the church is that you know, as time has gone on and all that we've gone through, our, our base of people of serving has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, some of you have just been faithful in serving and being a part of it, and we just thank you for that. We're, we are here, obviously, because of God and what he's done, but God has used you to still help us not just keep the doors open, to be able to continue to serve in the community, but we want to broaden that base of serving even a little bit more and we want to give opportunity i know we talk about serving each week and you fill out the card but we actually got to display in the back and we're going to keep that up for the next few weeks and leading up to summer of ways you can get involved in some of the teams that we have you might be surprised that there's i think we got about a dozen different little teams that you can help with from coffee to parking to greeting and kids on sunday morning but also throughout the week and some opportunities to serve in, in, our, in our community and so I just want to invite you to that, to sign up and find a place to serve. And it's not just for the summer to, to serve. It's actually preparing us for the next season, actually into the fall, into the next school year. That's our thought is building our base so that we can even uh, have a greater reach in our community. Now, you might have already got the notes already. They're in your program. I encourage you for the message time to pull them out. You've got a pen. You've got a paper. You can also get those digitally to do that there's something about our brain if we listen to something and then and and that's it we we gain about 20 percent so if you want to just get 20 percent of today that you would do anything even remotely what you're going to do with the week go ahead and just listen if you want to expand a little bit more and actually uh learn and like i want to grow start writing some stuff down and you might have about 50 percent retention rate your brain will do that even if you don't even take the notes with you <laughs> your brain will remember some things and there so there might be some things this morning that i might be sharing that i hopefully there are god's guiding me to do that but sometimes god will just speak to you on something completely that wasn't even spoken out you're like i that is so amazing, Lord. Thank you for that. So take advantage of the opportunity to do that. This morning, we're, we're going to continue our series called The Joy of a Generous Life. And, and we've been talking about these last few weeks how in our lives, we've experienced happiness. We've experienced blessing when people have given to us. There's something beautiful about that where people have, you know, show up with a plate of cookies that are a neighbor, or, or you get a friend that texts you, hey, this is a beautiful thing. I'm thinking of you and praying for you today. Just out of the blue. You're just like, wow, that's so generous of them to be not thinking about themselves, but thinking about others. There, there's just times where you have, maybe you've had a birthday and you expected 
normal birthday gifts and someone just blessed you, not even really in an expensive way, but in a specific way. Like, how did they know that I'd, I'd want that or appreciate that? And so we have all experienced that joy from people being generous to us, but there really is something about a joy in, in giving. Giving is such a powerful act that really brings change. And our theme these last few weeks has been open hands, open hearts. When we open our hands, it does create this pathway where even the hardest of heart can be open. A smile, a, gener a, a generous gesture, a, a just time and attention to someone. There's something there that people go, okay, I, I, I'm a little skeptical, but you but, but there, there's something about you that I'm, I'm interested in. And we've been saying, you know, never met a grumpy, generous person, have you? Most people that are generous have joy. And you think about where did that come from? Why do they have a little bit of spring in their step? Why do they seem to just have a freedom in their life? Is they hold everything really with an open hand. It doesn't mean they're, they, they let go of it because God's given them responsibility. It's, it's important that we take care of it. But they're not tight gripping but we're going back to this place going but what causes us though at times to grip what causes us to do that well what we've learned in this especially the last couple of years is this society of scarcity that's just almost just jumps on our back and 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 it, it causes us to to move in fear and there's not going to be enough and 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 we we we, we close in quite a bit and and we, it's just because we live in a greedy world. There's a greediness that, that's happened over, over time, especially in this recent history in our, in our world, in our, in our society. And if you don't think it's a greedy world, just go to Costco the last couple days. It's gotten a little bit busier. And by the way, if you're Canadian, we love you because you're, you're, you're bringing your, yourselves and your funds to our county, and we love that, and that's great, and we love you. Um, but it got us, got our, our, our little Costco now is starting to get busier again. And I, I remember going in, and you know, it's, it is kind of like Frogger uh, with the parking lot. You remember Frogger, and you like find a spot, and then you go in, and then, and, and I find myself, I'm going along, and, and, and even in the crowd, that there's, there's even fast lanes and slow lanes in Costco. And so you ever find you're like, do I put a signal on to, you know, and I turn with my shopping cart, and then there's someone there. It's just getting busier, and so you're you're kind of doing this all the time. And everybody seems to be polite, but you're all trying to get in and out as fast as you can. Not everybody, though, because that those people want to look at everything. Okay, and so we love you, and that just get out of our way. We appreciate that. But I, I, the other day, I was in there, and, and you know, and and I don't necessarily need the samples, but I'm drawn to the samples. Okay, still. You know, it's not like I don't get enough food, okay? It's like somehow that, like, I really could use that pot sticker. That smells so good. And I remember approaching there, and then there are people hovering, and then, and then there's kind of this whole movement that happens to get the samples. And then, you know, and then you look as you're getting closer, and then they're, be, they're being grabbed, and they're like, they're running, they're getting closer to the end of the sample tray. Have you seen that before? You're like, okay, that person's coming there. There's three, two, and then there's one left, and they go, and then this little girl slips right in front of me and steals the cracker and cheese. I'm like, what? And the guy goes, 10, 10 minutes. It'll be 10 minutes. And so I'm, like, I'm not going to wait 10 minutes for a sample. So what I did is I just went around the store 10 minutes and then came back and made sure I got my sample. 
on the way out. I mean, you know, you had other things to pick up, but you'll swing by just to make sure there's, you got that morsel of pot sticker for you to eat. So I say all that is that we live in a very uh, world that it's, it's shuffling and the supply chain and all this is happening. Is, and yet the reality is that's not God's will for us to live in scarcity. It's not, that's not his plan. When we do that, fear comes over us. And what's so scary, and, and you see it over and over, is the, the fear that grips people. You're wondering, because a lot of people, where does this hatred come from? Where does this anger come from? It comes from fear and the sense also of losing control. We're, we're gripped again this, this last week with the, the shooting in, in, in Buffalo. And we, this 18-year-old guy goes in and he has a he has a he has a, 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 a streaming what he's doing out of just pure hatred and evil and it's very seems to be very motivated racially again and again we see this it's all at this level of evil and depravity that happens all stems back to this fear that comes over us it's senseless but we've got to recognize really understanding that root. And we need to always go back to trace that root to the very beginning in, in the Garden of Eden. You know, Eve was tempted by Satan in the form of a serpent. serpent. She was given to allow to, you know, tricked her. What was he tricking her on? He was, he, here he was, you know, looking at what we already know that God created in his, man and woman his own image, in the image of God, he created them, both male and female, he created them. And he, it's, and, and it's, and he called them, everything else in creation, good, and he called them very good. It's the prized creation. He gave all to them already. And then, the, and then Satan, in the form of the serpent, comes along and discredits, discredits God's, well, God's goodness. His goodness and who he is. And, and basically this lie, this first and greatest lie is that to believe that God is not good, doesn't want the best for you, and he's not very generous at all. In fact, the, the, the trap that they got into, it, it says this, for God knows, this is the serpent saying that you, when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The, the, the lie came in that, that God is stingy, that God is holding out. He doesn't want you to eat of this because you'll be a threat to him, and then you'll be equal with him, and he doesn't want that, that, that best thing. And, and what happened is when Adam and Eve sinned, a scarcity mindset came upon them. And they ended up with the scarcity mindset, they ended up dividing between one another and between them and God, and, and this separation took place, and it was rooted in, and I tell you, all our temptation, it seems to be in my life, is all rooted back to this thought is that I somehow think I, I, I understand what's better for me than what God believes is better for me. And I begin to have some doubt in that, and it leads into my behavior. And I allow the voice of the enemy come in and bring that doubt of God's goodness rather than trusting in it that will lead to abundance. If I'm going my way, and then I'm out for my own, and then scarcity comes upon me. And so what, what do we do with that? Where do we go with that? Well, I want to sum up where we're going to go here today in just really one word is trust. See, I firmly believe this to be true and proven through Scripture, and this is our truth today, is our generosity ultimately depends on our trusting God's goodness. That our, our generosity ultimately depends on our trusting God's goodness. And the, in other words, the decree of our generosity is determined how much we believe, 
how much we trust in the very character of God being good. You see, at our best, we might be thinking what's safe, what's easy, what's comfortable, what's convenient, but that's not always God's way. God's way isn't always comfortable. God's way isn't always safe in the way that we want things to be safe. And the challenge lies is how do we move and trust his best over our best? Well, it's, it's always, always, always faith. And true faith is always a step that we take. And the greatest example and the most famous moment in, in, in the Bible and even history is one of Jesus' closest followers. In, in Matthew's gospel, in chapter 14, verse 22, there's famous moment, and, and if you don't, you're here and you don't maybe go to church a lot or you, you know, don't know the Bible that well, you probably actually know this story. You actually, where it all came from about this idea of taking a step of faith. What was happening is the disciples and Jesus had separated he told them to go on on their own. And then early in the morning, it was, be, it was before light came out, and, and, and there was kind of a, a bit of a storm that swelled, and, and, and the disciples were kind of getting in fear. And, and in the middle of this waves crashing and everything, the Bible says that Jesus was walking out close to the boat on the water to where the, the, the disciples are in the boat, and he's out on the water. And verse 6 is it verse 6? I think, no, verse, verse 26, sorry. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. He said, and then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. Now, I know this story is very, very familiar for you, uh, but I don't know if you maybe have asked this question when you heard this a few different times. And the question is, really, why? Why did Peter think he could walk on water? Why did Peter have any confidence that he could do that? Because when, when you look at it, Jesus, Jesus said, take courage. It, it, it is I, don't be afraid. First glance, you read that, like, well, it, yeah, it's Jesus. It, it, it's him telling him out. He, he's there. He, 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 he saw, I mean, he saw Jesus walking out on water, um, this seems like kind of a Jesus thing to Jesusy thing to do that he would do this. Like it all makes sense, right? That he would do this. But Peter really did we did he know for sure? Because here's where I question that. Because what is Peter's response? Lord, if it's you. Notice he didn't say, Lord, it's you. He said, Lord, if it's you. The key word's if. Peter, Peter used if. He, what does that mean? He wasn't hundred percent sure. He, it was dawn, it was stormy, it was waves are crashing, and I mean, it, it sounded like Jesus. We couldn't really tell. It was dark. I mean, it, it sounded like his voice. Again, it, it sounded like a Jesus-y thing to do is for Jesus to do this, right? That, that makes sense. He does miracles, and he's out there, but it wasn't really him. 
I mean, if any guys of all the 12 would have any kind of confidence it was Jesus, it would be this guy. It would be Peter, right? But Peter uses if. I mean, all the people who saw the miracles, who saw, the, saw him, you know, cast out demons and feed the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fish, Peter used if. If Peter used if, where does that leave us? You know what I mean? If you got any closer to Jesus, how, and you're still using F. I mean, I think we all at times kind of go, Lord, could you made a little bit clearer in our mind to reveal who you are? Could you not just put a big jumbotron out in the sky and say, I'm here, hello, right? Or maybe someone suggests, like, what if he just texts, everybody's got phones out, just, Jesus, just text us all that you're here, Right? How did that go for the people in Hawaii when they got the warning that a nuclear bomb was coming their way from Korea, right? It was a, it was a false, false alarm. Can you imagine? I don't know if you knew anybody who experienced that, right? You're going to die. Oh, no, you're not. Sorry, just kidding. Did that guy get fired? I hope he did. I think he needs a, a new, you know, clearly something broke down. We would have doubts, right? That, that's really Jesus, so that's real. No, well, how, God did something better. He came as one of us. He already did it. He already revealed, this is the best way, this is the better way. Jesus, God came in the, God came in the flesh through Christ. And, we, and, and, and uh, John talks about, we, we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. Uh, we've seen the majesty of who he is. We, we saw him live. We saw him die. We saw, saw him rise from the dead. There's no more proof than, that, than we need. And yet, even at the point of resurrection, when they saw him, there was doubts. Thomas was one of them. Until Thomas, one of the disciples, saw the scars in his hands and his feet, he finally would believe. It's interesting, after that came to that revelation, this is what he, Jesus told his disciples. He says, because you've seen me, you've believed. Believe, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I think we all wish at times, we really, you know, I could really believe in Jesus if I was there when he was alive on this earth, that I could really touch him, that I could see his hands and his feet, that I really know that. But what does Jesus say? Those, those, the, those is us, those that believe, they've seen, are blessed. Blessed more than the disciples themselves. I know that blows our mind to see that. Well, what happened is not they, they weren't just with Jesus, but as followers of Christ, Jesus is in us. What more do you need through the Holy Spirit? Jesus says we're blessed. And in the fact, the way of blessing is going to be through trust. Say, whether you're on the edge of a, a boat on water you might be on the edge of a decision. You might be on the edge of, a, of, of facing a challenge. You might be on the edge of a relationship. You might be on the edge of your finances. You might be on the edge of, of something and some situation. There is a moment where you're going, Lord, if it is you, ask me to come. And Jesus will say to us, come, because he never denies us to come. To him. It's in that moment, that is where true trust 
works. Now, how does it relate with generosity is this. How generous we are ultimately depends on how much we trust in God's goodness. Scarcity will cause us to stay comfortable. Scarcity will cause us to stay convenient in the boat. Scarcity will cause us to just stay in the safe, with safe boat people. To just be with boat people. And boat people are great people, but boat people complain a lot. Boat people don't get their way all the time. Boat people don't want to take any risks. Boat people complain. Boat people do things and are focused on themselves, and there's no faith involved in it. They just hunker down, and we're just going to get through. Why? Because we're boat people. But Jesus, his voice is out there. There's at least a glimpse of him out there. If it's you, Lord, ask me to me to come. I want to get away from these people. I want to go where you are going. Peter wanted that. It's a call to faith. Another word is, is another word we use for trust. I love how scripture defines faith. And trust and faith are synonymous words. In Hebrews, it says this, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen and gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Now, as much as that seems to be like a a surety kind of scripture, it's still filled with faith because faith is trust. Trusting in the confidence that we have this hope that something will actually happen and assurance of what we haven't seen and what hasn't happened yet. There is a big if in that still. In, In other words, faith is where we step out on the water and see a glimpse and we go, if it's you, Lord, I'm gonna follow that voice. And many times what people do with, with faith is they feel like they've got to be fearless to step out into faith. And I want you to think about your life, all the risks that you've taken, the things that you've done where, and you've maybe prayed about it, maybe you didn't pray about it, but you should have prayed about it, but you took steps and took risks in your life. I bet if it was really a risk, you had a little bit of trepidation about that didn't you you had a little bit you had a little bit concern there might have been a little bit fear maybe a lot of fear a lot of anxiety and then you question it going if i'm feeling this way maybe i shouldn't do that or quite possibly the very thing we're called to do and just and you've experienced this before and you stepped out in it prayerfully and everything and you sometimes pray lord take away the fear Lord, take away the trepidation, take away the anxiety, take away, and and then pretty soon you realize, well, if he took all that away, I could just do this on my own. I don't need any faith in the first place. Is it quite possible that when we learn that, that fear actually is associated with faith, not the opposite of that? Think about that in your life. If you don't have any fear in stepping out of faith, it might not be faith. It might just be you and what you can do because you're powerful, you're, you're strong, you could do a lot, there's a lot of capabilities, sometimes we don't even, sometimes go, why doesn't God do the supernatural in, in our culture, why doesn't he do, I think God's still going, well, you're doing really good on your own, I don't even really know if you, you don't seem like you need me too much, maybe too much abundance in our life is actually the lack of faith that we would step out into. But look at what Peter did. You think, oh, Peter, you know, he went, he's just going to do this. Well, look what happens. Midway, walking out, says, when he saw the wind, he was 
afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? Now we look at that and we're just going, man, Peter, how could you, you know? We could, we, but no, he was the only one that got out of the boat. He's the only one. The boat people played it safe. The boat people are kind of like, what, what are you doing? Don't do that. Who knows what they're, they, they, they were watching. He, Peter was the one that, that, and even Peter, even this place in the mid, midway into it, doubt came over him. Can I tell you, and I'll just be honest with you, I look back in the life, my life, I look back in the life of our church, and it's the, the faith decisions we, we felt like we're called to do when we did it, I'm still at times questioning, was that the right decision? And I, I want to admit that to you, that the, the steps that we took, and, and we believe God for us to do, and these steps of faith, I feel like we're still kind of in the midway of seeing really the fulfillment of what God wants to do. I, I look back, and a few years ago, we planted a church, I'm like, and then a pandemic hit. Lord, if we'd known there'd be a pandemic, we probably wouldn't have planted another church, okay? Things got a little sliced, a little thin, Lord. But God knew that, didn't he? And God knew that for your life, the things, the choices you made, the midway and where you are, and there's, there's fear. Don't be condemned. Don't condemn yourself. Don't let anybody put, bring you shame. Don't let any super spiritual people tell you that you shouldn't have any fear, brother and sister. You should be stepping out and just walking in faith. Peter didn't. If anybody was close to Jesus... What does that tell you? It's going to be fearful. It's going to be a risk. That's the whole point in it. And it's not even about the point of anything, whatever it is to be accomplished and whatever your destination is. What did Peter ask for? He goes, I want to go out to where you're at, Jesus. It wasn't the goal. It wasn't the dream to be fulfilled. It was the one that it was for. It was all about be with Jesus. Jesus, Peter says, I want to come to you where you are. Let me come out to you. See, faith is action steps, not solely on our abilities, but God's goodness. That becomes our safety net. And when we do that, what's so powerful is this, and what's so amazing is this, we actually please him. See, if you ask the average person, how do you please God? If you sat in your, your small group and you debated, how do you please God? How do you please God? People go, well, you know, you, you, you pray, you, you read your Bible, you go to church, you do group, you serve, you sign up on the clipboard back there on a team. Uh, you, you do the list of things you're doing. And you go through that list and you realize something, none of those qualify. They're all good things to do right? That's great to do. It, it actually does help you grow in your relationship uh, with people, and it, 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 it strengthens your faith, but that's not the object of it. What we find is the, the path toward pleasing God is faith. This is what it says, Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what that tells you is so exciting. You flip that is this, with faith pleases God. With faith pleases God. It doesn't have a checklist. 
I mean, I mean I, those things are, no, those things are all good. They help, there's action to your faith. Those would be part of stepping out. Because some of you, you'll be challenged here even, that, that you're going to have to, if you're going to go serve and do something, you're going to have to find, you're going to be challenged, you're going to squeeze in your time. That's, you're going to have to find, take some faith in that. Faith in, in this whole thing, as we talk about here, being, being generous, there's going to be that. And so what's happening is, when we, when we, what happens when we please God, we go beyond our own human potential, and then we are now then relying on the Lord not to allow us to sink. That we're trusting him to go to where he is at. And he loves that. He's pleased with that. He celebrates that. He's so excited about that. Just like a parent. When, when, we, when, when if you're, you go to your parents or your, your kids come to you, especially if you have adult children, and they come to you and they ask for advice or they want just to, they, 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 that's so good. Like, you're ready for it, right? And then you're like, oh, I'm not going to give them too much advice, you know. I'm just going to give them enough just to help them out. I want to tell them what to do. But, but God approaches us the same way. He, he wants us to seek him. And he has beautiful things. I love how this finishes. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Check this out. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly. What does earnestly mean? It means diligently. It means ongoing. It means something that you continually do over and over and over in our lives. Where we, we work through the off moments. We work through the if moments that we're going to have. We're going to have if moments. We're going to go, God, I don't know, and I'm going to take a step, and then we take it, and then guess what? There's another step of faith, and there's another step of faith, and, and, and like, how many more steps of faith do I need to take? And, and God's going, all of them. It's, it's, that's, what, that's how to follow me. It's all about that. It's all about seeking not just the destination, not just the goal, but him. And what happens, he rewards us for those to seek him. And when we do that, we please him. And that pleasing moves us from this scarcity mindset that we have to do it all on our own and the supply chain's low and we're not going to be able to get it to this abundance mindset because he is good. And when we get out on the water with him, that is where his goodness lies. God rewards not just on this earth, he reward us eternally, but there's something powerful when we step out in faith. When we earnestly seek him, we have him. The Bible says, seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open unto you. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be given to you as well. It's not striving any longer. We're spending so much time striving. Our whole culture is worn out of striving. We're called to seek. And in that seeking, we please him. And there is reward. And out of that reward comes something amazing is this life of generosity that we receive and that we're able to to give. You look at Peter, each step he took, it led him closer and closer to Jesus. God desires that for each of us to leave the boat of comfort and safety, to step towards him. It's the if moments. I don't know what your if moment is. It might not be today, but it'll probably be one day. Well, guaranteed one day. It might even be tomorrow. You, you'll be stepping into something going, here's my if moment. Am I going to be, if I'm going to, am I, I going to be ready? Am I, is that your voice? If that is you, Lord, I will step. And I want to say again is every time you're stepping out in faith and, and, and you ask the question, is it, is it you, Lord? Every single time, he'll say, come. 
And what I mean by that is not, not just the risk you take, because sometimes there's a warning like, nah, don't go that way. We want to we listen to that. I'm not saying every time it's yes with God, but every single time it's yes in relationship with him. Okay? It might not be going this direction or this direction, but this direction toward him. It's always toward him. It's always a yes. He always says, come. And so the greatest way to test our faith through our is through our generosity ultimately depends on how much we trust God's goodness and it leaves us abundance mindset. And our generous hands then will prove to be, have generous hearts. It's all tied together to his goodness. Now the question is, how do we do that? How do we grow in generosity? How do we, it's, it's this trust in his goodness, stepping out and taking a risk. How do we do that? Well, I want to give you some principles, some thoughts, very practical things today in living from generosity of God to being generous hearts to generous, well, generous hands to generous hearts. Three ways. The first is, in taking notes, living generous by trusting God's goodness. The first is this, is by get, to give God our first and not our last. When we trust in what we have first, that's where, that's where there's a provision that happens that we, we hold on to. It's what the Bible calls first fruits. God calls people to give their first fruits. It's called a tithe. It's called a 10%. It's a very biblical thing. They, back in the day, agricultural days and farming days, they, in, in cattle, they, you gave your first crops. You gave your first herd or your first you know, uh, livestock to the Lord. Proverbs tells us this, 3, nine: Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. That's what you do. You give, you give your first. Why do you give your first? Well, if you just try to keep giving your last, how many know there's not enough? <laughs> yeah, we all have had more month than money, okay? If you try to give your last, you're not going to be very successful. First is a step of faith. God, I'm trusting you in this first toward you when I give to you my first and my priorities in my life, and then I'm going to know and trust you in the rest. I, I, we've learned this. My wife and I have learned over the years that when we trust God with our first 10%, he sure helps us with the, the 90 he still gives us. And by the way, I think it's good to, you know, not only you're tithing, you give 10%, I think it's good to put 10% away in savings. So that's my Dave Ramsey moment for you uh, for that. But this stewardship that we have, he's always been faithful to us. And I probably told this a dozen times over the last several years here, but when we were in between jobs, and this is not to brag or anything like that. I just want to say, and there's many people have experienced this, where you, some of you have been unemployed. You know what that feels like, unemployed. And so it's easy to, to tithe, uh, to give 10% of zero. Pretty, I'm not a mathematician, not, not hard. Underemployed, that's a little bit challenging. And I remember the one paycheck I was getting, the job I was working at, that paid our mortgage. What about food? My wife was working, okay? We had six jobs between us, between childcare and coaching basketball and all that. And each month we go, okay, Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna tie, we're gonna write, back in the day we wrote checks, our first check, Lord, we're giving to you. And we didn't even have a church to go to. We were just giving to, we'll go this Sunday to this church and gave money and, and, and just tithing. And, and we were doing this for a period of many months. And I tell you this, God never let us down. God helped provide everything. We didn't lose our house. We provide for everything. And this is a miracle. We did not have any credit card debt. We didn't have to, you know, that's what we do. We rely on, like, all oh, this pay it and kick the can down. And we didn't have to do that. And it's not bragging. I'm just saying, God is faithful. You can't outgive God. And he's so good at that. I love what 
the Bible says about this giving and tithing, it's actually a testing time. And there's, there's many places where God, it's, God says, don't test me. But here's one place he says, do test me. He says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there will be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such, so much blessing, there will be not, not be room enough to store it. Imagine, ever just been overwhelmed? What is that talking about? The generosity of God. And it doesn't just come in worldly possessions. It comes in blessing and love and peace. And it comes in joy in our life that we give as, as we trust in abundant God and we become abundant. It's just this river that flows. Giving our first fruits is not just money. It's giving our time and our energy. The first part of your day, not your leftovers. Some of you do your devotions at night, your night people. That's great. If it works, great for you. But I've found this. If I'm not giving the first part of my day to the Lord, the whole day is just off. I just find that I need the time. And my wife and I spend time in prayer. and just a, It's not a long time. Just a few minutes together, and we pray, and we have devotion time. It sets our day. It's our giving our first fruits. And I tell you, not just your first fruits to God, but your first fruits to the significant people in your life. That you're giving. I tell you, if you're married, giving your first you're, you're, you're first to, the, to your spouse. Nobody in relationship loves the leftovers. Nobody loves that at the end of the day, you do everything, oh, here we are. <sighs> okay, all right. Well, how you doing? Good. How you doing? And I believe me, some of you have children, you know, and I get that. We've had that season, and, and it's a different season right now, empty nesting. I understand that. But finding time, date nights and things, you have to make sure there's time. And it probably requires getting up a little early before the little kids get up. God is, in some way, giving us the first energy. We pray, and first fruits is a fruit, it's a, it's a trust. It's an act of trust to step out and go, I don't know where the Lord is going to take us, but I know it's the first step that I'm going to take. First comes best, to give God our best, not our worst. Some of you are not all meat eaters, okay? but I enjoy a good, juicy steak, and there's some really cruddy cuts of meat, and there's some really choice cuts of meat. You know the difference if you're a meat connoisseur like I am, like, this is a good piece of meat here, and this is a good steak. And I tell you, God wants the best cut from us. He doesn't want the fatty, scrappy leftovers. He wants the best from us. And unfortunately, in Malachi's day, back, back to this, this passage, they weren't given, what, what they're given wasn't good because it wasn't the best. God he chastised him. He says, you, you place defiled food on my altar, but you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he, would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? In short, what the people are doing, they're giving Lame, they're being lame toward God, okay? They're giving lame gifts. He says, it's not good. The people had a scarcity mentality because they didn't trust God in his best, they gave their worst, hoping that they kept the, the first for themselves. And I think what happens along the lines is we, we can technically do everything right. We can squeak by, we can just pass the religious code, and yet what we give in can be contemptible toward God because we're just doing it out of a duty, we're doing it out of a just, and again, nothing wrong with obedience. I know that doesn't always feel like we're doing, but we, we start just kind of doing the checklist, and God's saying, that's not what I want. I want to see a heart of generosity from you. It comes from an open heart then leads to, to open hands. Our giving becomes lame when our priorities are out of whack. 
and it comes caring and, and callous, and we just, it flat out can be content. There's lesser, lesser versions of ourselves rather than just be greedy, be, not be generous. Giving loosens the grip of greed in our life. Giving loosens our hands and saying, Lord, it's all yours. You've given me responsibility. I'm not going to let go of that, but I'm not going to grip it any longer. Fear will do that. Scarcity mindset will do that. He goes, I got something better for you. But see, here's, God wants to give, his, give, our, give our first and best to him. That's not all. Give God our all because he gave it all. So, what is a challenge? I'm not only going to give my first and my best, and now you're saying my all? Like, how does that that work? Well, it's all on the altar. It's all giving our very lives to him because he gave it all to us. Religion tries to have you try harder, and and you and I will always come up short in really pleasing God. How do we please God? It's only faith that pleases God. There's only one way, and trusting him he wants us to give our first and our best because that is exactly what he did for us. His only begotten son. He gave his best and gave his first to us. I love what Peter says. For you know it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed by the empty way of life handed down to you by your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Not lame gift, a lamb of God gave his best. Next weekend, our memorial weekend, we're going to celebrate and remember Christ and what he did for us in communion. But I want to close with this, and I want to invite our team to come. I want to ask this question for you. If God has given his best to us, what, what is our response to it? We're to do the same. We can't earn anything to, our first and best will always fall short of what he's given us. There's nothing compared to that. Now what we do is simply surrender it all we give to him. So here's the question for us here as we go to prayer. What area of your life do you need to step out in faith to experience the goodness of God this week? Because whatever that might be will lead this pathway of generosity in your life. But it requires this step. And the, the way we're going to know the step of faith is trusting in his goodness. Peter was at that place looking out, and he goes, if that's you, Lord, let me come out to you. Come. Jesus invites us every single time to come because we're coming toward him. When we seek him, he never turns us down and wants that relationship and out of that relationship when our hearts are open then our hands become open and we live freely and that is where joy takes place so I don't know what that looks like for you is it your time and your attention this week I know we're very busy in different phases of life and craziness and schedules and everything going on some of you have more margin than others but where will you find margin for others Nothing wrong with me time, but if you're me times most of the time, you got to find a different, different path. What is it that you're going to, you know? So maybe it's signing up for a, a group and, and, and team. It's my, it might be moving that way. So for some of you, um, you, 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 have a, you have a lot of time, and you, and you also have talents. You have talents. You have gifts. Some of you, if you were here at our family gathering, it was powerful. Bob and Doug shared 
about they, they had this career. Both of them, one was in construction, one worked for Alcoa, and they had they this had great careers, and then they retired, and then they realized, oh, retirement's not a scriptural thing. There's nothing wrong if you're retired, but retirement isn't isn't actually in the Bible. Uh, retirement actually is well, retired ultimately you die, right? That's re- you're really retired. You, it's actually, you still have life. You have still have gifts and talents and abilities. Now, you have, and I love these guys. They're, they're, they're in the community serving and, and helping, and, and, and they're doing it. It's just like another career, but it's a calling more than anything. Maybe that's for you. You're in a place in life. Talk to me. I'd love to talk to you afterwards. I'd love to help you, guide you. There is so many ways that saying, God, how can I use what I, there's so much wisdom in this room. There's so much knowledge. There's so much experience and skill that we can do. And I just love even this week, guys getting together and doing lawn care and working and doing all this stuff, using their energies and gifts and talents. And then obviously it's your money and resources. There's a resourcing kingdom. Last night I had the opportunity that we had the Engedi Refuge uh, uh, fundraising event we were invited to friends and it was just it was so amazing this this ministry that we support as a church that we give when you give financial when you tithe a portion of that goes to Engedi Refuge that's rescuing women out of sex trafficking and brings them a place of restoration it's just beautiful it's a it's a program it has 90% retention rate it's the highest retention rate and what that means is her success rate in America right in Whatcom County that we get to support. And we were crying as this woman was telling stories and how women are rescued and how restoration of life and everything. Like, I was like, we were going like, okay, we're going to give this. Oh, we're going to double that. <laughs> it's like it got my heart. Like, in the, And that might be free. Out of generosity and cash, and, and there's this giving because you want to. What if we all did that? There wouldn't be any need. There wouldn't be any little campaigns and little things we got to do to trick people to get. We're just giving out of generosity what would that look like for you? What that means is that we're out of the scarcity mindset and we're moving into the abundance of God because we're seeking him. When we seek out of trusting in him, he blesses, he rewards those who seek him and then that reward we reap and then we just give it again and we give it again. It's a beautiful thing. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want your life to be like that? I want to. I need a lot of prayer. And you need a lot of prayer. Let's pray together. God, said a lot probably too much Lord but I think we get the point it's all faith it's all faith it's nothing wrong with all the things that we do and the activities we do that's all part of stepping out and taking action with our faith but I pray for some here today that I really really pray and I pray probably part of me too there's just a lot of fear and anxiety right now and we have played it safe for the last couple years some of we had to. It was just part of the world we lived in. But we've been in a scarcity mindset, and we're locked in. There's a frozenness now that's happened. There's an apprehension, Lord, in our culture not to take any more risks. May we be risk takers today. Risk takers not in our own abilities, not being reckless, but we be risk takers in faith that we would look out beyond the boat of our circumstances, beyond what we see in the people around us, that we're gonna, we're gonna die in this ocean versus going, no, who's out there in the storm? Jesus, you're out not in the safety of the boat, you're out in the storm itself. And that you see us and we see you and we say, Lord, if it is you, ask us to come. And Lord, I love every single time it's yes, because it's coming toward you.
in relationship to you. I pray for that, those here today, that their first step of faith is to you. It's the biggest step of faith and commitment in Christ to you today. God, for those that are in a place, an if moment, they're going to have to step out in faith. Will you give them clarity? Will you, will you help them in, in narrowing in? Uh, Lord, I, there's no certainty in faith, but there's clarity in faith that you step out and trust in you and that, Lord, you love it, Lord. And sometimes it'll get shaky. Sometimes we have to see things get fulfilled. Maybe it's months, maybe it's years going, was this really the right decision? At the end, we chose in faith, and it always is because it's always toward you and seeking you. So help us this week to do that. Help us each day in the relationships and that, Lord, giving our first and giving our best and giving us our all because you gave it all for us. What more do we need in you? What more goodness do we have in knowing your, your very son that died for our sins, who rose again, and giving us from death to life experience you? May we live that way with our palms up, open-handed and open-hearted to all that you have this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand. I'm sure glad it was one service today because I went a little bit over. And some of you are like, when this is, hopefully it was good. But if there's something that challenged you a little bit, please talk to us afterwards here. Matt's here, I'm here. There's some ladies up here who would love to pray with you. Thank you, Stacy, up here. We're here to pray with you, talk with you any way we can, even during this last song. Let's sing this to the Lord. I hope you can enjoy this beautiful day. And I'm praying for a wonderful sunset tonight, aren't you? Have a great day. God bless you.